Welcome to the Big Dreams Great Teams podcast with me, your host, Paula Maidens. I'm a mum of two, a hiring and leadership coach, speaker, ex-corporate recruiter and serial entrepreneur who is obsessed with teaching capable business owners just like you how to become graceful and powerful leaders surrounded by a team who perform like rock stars. On this podcast, we'll be talking about all things people, business and leadership because Big dreams need great teams. You simply cannot do it on your own. I'm excited to have you here. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Big Dreams Great Teams podcast. So something that's really common that I notice with my clients is when something goes wrong in the business or when they find a problem, they try to fix the symptom as opposed to understanding and fixing the cause. And this happens all the time when they see a mistake or if there's something that particularly annoys them about the way their team is operating or something that keeps happening in relation to what they're asking their team to do. So in today's episode, we are going to explore the difference between a symptom versus a cause of a problem that's occurring in your team. We're going to talk about the difference and how you know which one to focus on and what the downfall can be if you are accidentally trying to fix a symptom without getting to the heart of the cause. Okay, let's dive in and get started. Let's first of all talk about the difference between a symptom and a cause. And let's use a really easy analogy, which I'm sure lots of you will understand. Okay, let's say that my beautiful little three-year-old comes into me with blood running down his leg. And he says to me, hey, mum, I'm bleeding. I need a Band-Aid. So the bleeding is the symptom that I can see. And the Band-Aid is an easy and obvious fix to stop or cover up the bleeding. However, the bleeding, the thing that we can see, is not the cause. So let's say I put a Band-Aid on and I send him back out to the garden to play and I leave it at that. Then he comes back 20 minutes later and his other knee's bleeding And he says, hey, mum, I'm bleeding. I need another Band-Aid. Now, what I've done in this situation, particularly if I put another Band-Aid on or by putting the first Band-Aid on, what I've done is addressed the symptom, the thing that I'm seeing. I've put on a Band-Aid. I've put a fix over the symptom, and I hoped that it would be the end of it. However, understanding and addressing the cause would look like me saying, hey, buddy, what happened? How did you fall? What were you doing that led to the fall? And talking to him about the fact that he's been launching himself off the trampoline into the bushes and how that's probably not the best avenue or the best approach to take to try and get off the trampoline. And if you keep doing that, you'll keep hurting various parts of your body and you'll continue to bleed. And then I could show him the ladder on the other side of the trampoline and and make sure he knew how to use it, for example. Now, for the purposes of today's analogy and example, let's just leave that as that example. Let's totally put to the side any thoughts about scrapes being good for little boys and how little boys need to learn for themselves. I get it. I get it. We're not going to go there today, but let's just use that to get really clear on what's a symptom, which is the bleeding, and what's the cause, the fact that he was launching himself off the trampoline via the bushes because he didn't know about the ladder on the other side. So you can see really clearly symptom versus cause. Now let's apply that to our business. 
What I see all the time is the person who's in charge, the manager, the business owner, you, fixing the symptom that you're presented with, putting a Band-Aid on that symptom to that situation rather than pausing to understand, well, what's the cause of this problem and addressing the cause? So frankly, it doesn't happen again. So putting a Band-Aid, addressing the symptom might be answering a simple question that's presented to you rather than pausing and asking, well, why wasn't that question covered in the SOPs or the standard operating procedures or the processes or in your training? It might look like fixing a mistake that you see rather than asking and pondering, well, why did that mistake happen in the first place? What went wrong that made you think that doing it that way was what I was after? So this fixing of the symptom, this placing a Band-Aid on the thing that you're presented with happens all the time. And while sometimes you frankly may not have the time to dig around into the cause, you may just have to deal with the symptom. But just like my little three-year-old with his bleeding body parts, if you're only ever addressing the symptom, then the symptom will often continue to present itself to you and it'll get more and more annoying. And I guess if you sit there and you're thinking, yeah, but I don't have time to address the symptom, I get it. But if you think it's more time effective to just fix the symptom rather than discussing and looking to understand the cause, then you also need to realize that you're setting yourself and your team up for ongoing mistakes and ultimate failure. And you're also setting a standard of behavior that this is the way we work. So you do something, you bring it to me, I fix it, and this is the way we roll here as a team. So I want to share with you two quite specific client examples that's come up recently, two really different examples, so that you can really get a bit of a sense of where this might be happening in your business and what you need to do to make sure that you're addressing the cause rather than just the symptom. Okay, so client A, this client had a bit of a pet hate that they didn't want their people, their team, they had an in-house team to have their mobile phones sitting on their desk. They thought that mobile phones on the desk were distracting and that people should check their phones, check their personal messages because they're usually personal, they're not business related. So they felt like people should check their phones on their breaks and they wanted to implement a rule that phones should be left in the lunchroom or left in your bag and they shouldn't come into the workspace. And they thought that by creating this rule that the phone should stay in the bag and not sit on the desk was going to fix the problem that they were seeing. So then we talked about, well, what's the problem that you're seeing that this feels like an appropriate fix for? And the problem they thought was, well, it's the distraction. I'm seeing distraction. I'm seeing the phones buzz all day long and I'm seeing people pick the phones up all the time. So I encouraged them to dig a little bit deeper. And we had a conversation about what was really going on and frankly, what was really annoying them and what was it that they weren't getting that they were hoping for from their team as a result of this distraction, which is the symptom that was appearing to them. So we talked about what they were actually trying to shift by implementing this rule. So after peeling back a few layers 
And in this case, my client was looking for each person on the team to really deep dive into deep concentration to be able to do the deep analysis that they believed was required for them to perform their jobs to the level that they were looking for, which in this case was financial analysis. So they had noticed recurring mistakes occurring in the data entry. And as a result, those mistakes meant that they had to really closely review their work and make sure that they were picking up the mistakes and it was adding pressure to them. So it was adding pressure that they had to check things because they saw these mistakes were happening, these data entry mistakes and these analysis mistakes. So you can hear here that what was really going on was that there was a lack of attention to detail. So attention to detail and a high quality of accuracy is what was missing. Mistakes were occurring. And my client had skipped ahead in their thinking and had concluded that this was happening due to mobile phones being on their desk and buzzing and interrupting the person whilst they were trying to be in deep thought. Hence, the suggestion of the rule. So you can see that this is a super easy way to try and fix the problem or the perceived problem, to try to put the Band-Aid on and in turn, thinking that you're fixing the cause of the problem, but by not actually discussing the true problem, like the true issue that my client was having, you may not end up fixing the situations. Getting the phones put in the bag may not actually fix and get the result that you're after. So what we did was have a conversation and really like peel back the layers and get to the heart of what the real issue was, and that was the performance of the individuals on the team and what we required from the people and what success looked like for the individuals in that role. And that was that the people performing the role to do it to the optimum level, to the highest level possible, they needed to work in deep, concentrated bursts of attention bursts of time without any distraction to make sure the job they were working on got the highest attention to detail possible, the highest level of accuracy, and the deep thought that was needed to do the financial entry and analysis in this case, and to make sure the critical mistakes weren't made, which would have a significant impact to the client. So their client, if my client didn't pick up those mistakes in the review. So you can hear that by getting really clear, actually, your expectations of the result you're looking for and how you want the person to do the role is what needs to be discussed here. It's less about the mobile phone sitting on the desk, although that might be a supporting solution, but it's much more about this is what success looks like. This is what I want from you. This is how I want you to perform this role. And this is why doing things in you know deep sprints or deep periods of concentration will get that result for you as far as performance in your role and the, and the reports that you're producing and ultimately for our clients. So what we agreed was that my client would go and talk to the team about what success looks like and that was working in concentrated bursts with no distractions so you could deep dive resulting in high attention to detail high level of accuracy. And as a team, they decided to start working in these 45-minute sprints where they all agreed that they wouldn't interrupt each other and they would work in 45-minute sprints. Then they'd essentially come up for air, 
do whatever they want to do, talk to each other, check their phones, whatever, and then they'd go back into a 45-minute sprint. And so as part of that conversation, it became a suggestion, let's not have phones on our desk during those sprints, as opposed to the enforcement of a rule with fingers crossed, hoping that it was going to get the result they were after. So you can see there that the cause of the problem or the actual problem that needed to be addressed was the lack of attention to detail, the mistakes that were resulting, the lack of accuracy, potentially because of distractions, or it could have just been because they didn't realize that that level was required. A discussion about the impact mistakes and a lack of accuracy was having on the business, on my client, and potentially on their clients, and then a conversation as a team about how they could solve it. And the result in this case was actually that they all agreed, yeah, let's not have phones on the desk, but it was much less about band-aiding that rule in, hoping to fix the problem by the enforcement of a rule. And you can hear already that by having the true conversation about what the actual problem was with the team really gets the team on board with helping you to solve it by making your expectations of what you want them to do, what success looks like, and how you want them to do it really, really clear. Okay, so let's dive into another example. Let's talk about client B. Now, you can tell that I take the privacy of my clients super seriously, which is why I'm purposely being vague and I'm calling them client A and B, and I'm not even giving you the gender of the client. So in case you're sitting there thinking, why is she being so vague? Why can't you she be more specific? Know that that's why. When you're working with me in any capacity, my job is to hold a really safe space for you to be vulnerable to tell me how it is and to truly talk to me about the behind the scenes in your business. And we've got to drop all those barriers so that I can actually hear the information I need to hear to give you the advice and the suggestion, the coaching, so you can get the results you deserve. And on the back of that, I really take seriously that space that I hold for my clients. So I would never share or repeat or tell stories about anybody without their express permission. So back to anonymous client B who I won't go into too many specific details about, but we can all learn from this example. So this client's situation was that they were wanting to create a bit of a check-in, check-out process in their team so that they would know each time somebody was logging on and logging off to do work for them. Now, lots of businesses have these types of arrangements in their remote team. So this particular client, it's a remote team. And like many people have a channel on Slack or another way that somebody can be like, hey, I'm here, I'm online, or hey, I'm not online anymore. So it's a super effective idea, and it's not that rare or unusual that this person would be suggesting it. So if you don't have something like that, it might be something worth considering. So in this situation, what they were looking for is the person to log in and say, hey, everybody, I'm here, and make sure their status was set to active. And if they needed to step away, you know, for a coffee or for a doctor's appointment or something like that, then they'd be like, hey, guys, I'm stepping away for half an hour or an hour or we're back after 2 p.m. or whatever. So this client, my client wanted to implement this concept. And as I said, it's a great concept. It's super effective. But as always, I wanted to ask a few more questions and go a little bit deeper. I wanted to understand what was actually going on that was leading them to make this suggestion. What were they hoping it would achieve? So after peeling back a few layers, we uncovered that the symptom, the thing that they were seeing, was that work was not getting done in the time frame that my client had hoped. Work was taking longer than they expected. 
And so effectively, in their eyes, the team weren't being as effective and productive as what they hoped and wanted them to be. And I guess the hypothesis that my client was working on was that the reason this was happening was because they're not at their desk enough. Or perhaps there were some question marks around, well, are they actually doing the hours they're saying they're going to be doing? Are they actually at their desk all that time? And so the solution that my client was proposing was if we had this check-in, check-out channel, then I'll know if they're actually working and then perhaps that will fix the problem. So again, like in every situation, we need to make sure that we're fixing and addressing the right problem. And rather than implementing a rule to make sure people are sitting at their desks in the specific hours, we needed to discuss what actually needed to be fixed. So we needed to make sure we focused on what was really going on. And in this case, it was that expectations and turnaround times weren't being met. And we needed to have a conversation, ask questions to understand, well, are they not being met because they're not clear? Or are they not being met because they're not reasonable? Are they not being met because you're not being productive, such as what my client was thinking, which is you're not sitting at your desk enough and you're not doing concentrated work? Because let's face it, the actual problem, the actual thing that we all desire is the person producing the work to the time frame we're hoping for in the way we want it done. And we need to therefore have a conversation about what's stopping you from getting the work done in the way I want it done. And it's so much more about that than it is about, well, please sit at your desk for a certain number of hours and make sure you don't take too many coffee breaks. So the big lesson that I want you to hear is that you normally can't solve a problem on your own. You can't normally find the Band-Aid to put on the right cause on your own. Your brain might think and try to tell you that it can solve the problem, you know, that you found in your business. However, most of the time, it's typically impossible for you to truly solve the problem on your own because you need to ask questions and understand the cause, the reason, the thing that is stopping them from doing things the way you want it done or to the level you want it done. So next time a problem or a situation comes at you, Rather than just trying to solve it, think, will me doing this in this way fix this for the long term or will this just fix this this time? And typically, in fact, I want to say almost always a conversation is needed. And that conversation is not a conversation where you say to them, that's it. I'm going to tell you how it is. This is what I need. Listen, do it or you're out. It's not that sort of conversation. It's a conversation where you say, what's stopping you? What's going on that led you to do this? Why did you think this was the right way? What information were you lacking? What else was going on, et cetera, et cetera. So next time something happens in your business, I really want to encourage you to not jump into solving mode, but to pause and move into curiosity mode and think, is this the symptom that I'm trying to fix or that my brain has suggesting a way to fix this? Would I be fixing the symptom or actually would I be addressing the cause? And if we think about my little three-year-old, and I encourage you to, when that next time happens, think, oh, is this the situation with the three-year-old? Is this the bleeding knee? And am I putting a Band-Aid on the knee or have I identified that the person was actually just launching off the trampoline into the bushes? 
because they thought that was the best way down. Ah, is it a trampoline situation or is it a bleeding knee situation? Hopefully that little analogy will help you to pause in the moment and dive into what's actually going on. Okay, so that's it for today's episode. Symptom, cause, a bit of band-aids and a bit of bleeding. So I really hope that that has been helpful and that you've enjoyed today's episode. And I hope it's really given you some good food for thought about how you may be handling and addressing the various challenges and mistakes and things that would no doubt be coming up for you with your team in your business. And before I go, I want to say this stuff is normal. These problems, these mistakes, they're all so normal. And how much of a headache they give you, that's the bit that you can control and influence through the way you react and what you do with the very normal problem and mistake that comes your way. So you can learn how to handle things and minimize how much drama or headache they cause you. And absolutely, by being here and by tuning in each week, you are well on your way to doing that. So well done for being here. And good luck. Hope you all have a fantastic week. Thank you so much for tuning in again and leaning in to being the very best leader that you can be. So I'll be back here next week. And until then, if you've enjoyed this, please leave me a review. It hugely helps us to get into the ears of more people. Tell me what you think. I'm always keen to hear your feedback. And I'll be back in your earbuds next week. 